Welcome to Careers Evolve, the podcast for women where we talk about pivoting, opening doors, and breaking barriers in your career. Our careers evolve as we do, so let's talk about it. I'm your host, Dr. Monique Johnson. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. I hope that you are well, that you're staying safe and taking good care of yourselves and those you love. I'm your host, Monique Johnson, and this is the Careers Evolve podcast. I'm still working on getting the logistics together for the podcast, and I'm assembling my team. It's going very well. My goal is to alternate between interviews with a guest and me speaking about a specific topic. So you're in luck today. I will be sharing some of my thoughts on a specific topic here in a minute. I have conducted some fantastic interviews with some amazing women who are making great strides in their careers and in their community, and I'll be sharing those with you very, very soon. My wish is that you take something away from each interview or episode. It can be as simple as sharing a similar experience as one of the guests, or just knowing that you're not alone, or that you find inspiration in some of the content that was shared. I'd love to hear from you and how you find value in the messages. In this episode, I'll be talking about microaggressions. As a career coach, I've had several conversations recently with women that I mentor, as well as colleagues and friends who have experienced microaggressions. I've experienced microaggressions. But I do want to share that I am not an expert on microaggressions. I can only share what I believe or what I know and what I've experienced as a Black woman. That's my frame of reference. This is no doubt a sensitive topic for some. I choose to talk about it because I see myself as a change agent, and my goal is to grow and learn and to plant seeds to help others grow and learn. It's not about making anyone feel bad. It's not about being a bad person. It's about knowing better and doing better. So let's get right down to it. So what are microaggressions? Here's a very basic definition. Microaggressions are brief, everyday exchanges that send denigrating messages to certain individuals because of their group membership. The persons making the comments may be otherwise well-intentioned and unaware of the potential impact of their words. So let's unpack that a little bit. The word denigrating can refer to verbal, behavioral, as well as environmental. And the messages that the definition refers to are generally hostile, negative, and derogatory. The definition comes from the book Microaggressions in Everyday Life by Dr. Daryl Sue and Dr. Lisa Beth Spanierman. My background is in social sciences. I'm a board certified counselor. I'm not licensed by choice, nor do I practice by choice, but I maintain the certification because it's important to me. And also I wanna stay abreast of the best practices in the field. And you know, you never know with transitions and how they go, I may make a transition at some point in the future, I don't know. So this is why I chose the book because 
Microaggressions in Everyday Life is written for people in psychology, education, and social work, and it addresses gender, racial, and sexual orientation-related microaggressions. So I tend to be attracted to books that are more in line with my field. There are lots of definitions out there on microaggressions. I'm sure you can find several on your own just by going to Google even. (laughs) So here's some examples of microaggressions, very brief examples that I will give you. You are so articulate. I've actually had someone say that to me, and it is sort of awkward. It's not received in the same way as someone complimenting you on the presentation that you just gave. You know, wow, that was a great presentation. You knocked it out of the park. It's not that kind of compliment per se. What's the underlying message? And are you not supposed to be articulate? And who are you being compared to? And it implies that you are articulate for a blank person, fill in the blank, black person, Asian person. Again, very seemingly innocent. Here's another example. Where are you from? Your response might be Brooklyn, New York. And they say, no, but really, where are you from? And of course, your response is the same. It implies that you can't possibly be born in the United States just based on the way that you look. And we all know that there are African-American people who were born here, Asian-American people who were born here, Latino-American, Hispanic-American people who were born here, and the list goes on. Here's the last example that I'll give. I worked with an organization where every time we discussed being more intentional about recruiting people from diverse backgrounds to work within the organization, it never failed. Someone would also make a statement or a comment about hiring qualified candidates and hiring the best person for the position. It was implied that diversity meant lowering our standards. And I had to remind them on more than one occasion that diversity does not mean compromising standards. There are plenty of qualified, overqualified individuals out there from diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds who can fulfill the position with ease. Over time, these seemingly innocent comments can really wear on a person. Comments about your hair, your clothes, your food, your culture, your work style, your work performance, especially in the workplace, can be very taxing on a person because there is somewhat of a conspiracy of silence that allows people to sort of say whatever they want in good conscience and innocence, and it's not okay. Making the invisible visible is a huge task that can be met with defenses, as opposed to people realizing their biases and making an effort to learn and grow and to change those biases. So how do you handle microaggressions? I'll name three different choices, and each of those choices come with some consequences. I don't know if consequence is the right word, but let's just say consequences. And there are often layers to each option. So the first option is you can ignore it. Ignoring it seems to be the default. Or if you share it with someone else, they might just dismiss it like, oh, you're just being too sensitive. You know, you're making a big deal over nothing. But as I said, ignoring it when it happens over and over again can take an emotional toll after a while. 
Why is that okay? And when did ignoring people's behavior, especially adult people, become the norm? The second is you can address it in real time. Addressing it immediately comes with some risk. What's your relationship to the individual? Is this your boss that you're having to confront? Or is this someone that you just see in passing every day? You could be labeled as too sensitive or even the angry black woman or the angry black person. The third option is you can address it privately. When you let time pass, it loses its impact and people don't remember exactly what they said. It could go either way, positive or negative. Microaggressions are grounded in superiority, superiority of one's values, one's worldview, one's way of being in the world. And again, they're usually unaware of this bias and it's not intentional. However, in the book that I mentioned, Microaggressions in Everyday Life, he goes on to talk about, I think it's called micro-assaults or micro-insults. So there are a variety of different types of microaggressions. If you're interested, check it out. So if you are a person who has, are guilty of a microaggression, it's important to create space for people of color and yourselves to engage in conversation around it. If you are genuinely interested in changing that behavior and you want to learn and grow. And one of the principles that I always hold to is seek first to understand rather than be understood. That's one of the seven habits of highly effective people by Steve Covey. Think before you speak, especially if you don't have a relationship with the person. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. What might it feel like to be the only African-American person or Latina woman or woman in general in your department or in your company or in your whole organization. Even though you may not have negative intentions, think about the impact of what you're saying. What is your motivation for making the comment? Being a good person does not make you free from bias. We all have bias. And our goal is to promote a more diverse and inclusive culture and world. So for those women out there who have experienced these microaggressions recently, I would say to you, protect your well-being, protect your peace, release the negative energy, however you do that through exercise or whatever it is, engage in that self-care, and assemble your own support team, assemble your own board of directors, the people that you can go to and talk to in confidence and in privacy uh, who have your best interest at heart. And stay focused on your goals. Don't lose sight of your goals. Don't let, allow this to throw you off of your game. And if it gets to that level where you feel like you need to talk with human resources, that is definitely an option as well. There's a quote that I really like, and I may not be quoting it exactly right, but it talks about progress. In order to make progress, you have to be able to change. And if you can't change your mind, you can't change anything. I don't remember the author of the quote, but I really do like that because we are all capable of change and we have the capacity to think differently and to view things differently. I used to allow so much to throw me off my game, but not anymore. I remind myself to stay focused, find my joy, and keep going. And I want to encourage you to do the same. As always, continue to open doors 
and break barriers. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about me, please visit my website at drmoniquecjohnson.com. And that's DR for doctor. Until next time, let's open doors and break barriers.